For those who prefer Linux or are simply curious about Linux and other open source technologies, this is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to episode number 292 of Category 5 Technology TV. It's Tuesday, the 22nd, no, the 23rd 23rd. of April, 2013. Hey! Hey, everyone. How's it going? How's it going, Erica? It's going great. It's good to see everybody. I said we're going to just kind of take it slow off the top of the show here. Why is that, Erica? Why is that? Because my Greyhound services decided to break down on the side of the road. Just like that. Just like that. It was really interesting. The Lotto bus. That's <laughs> the bus bringing her here. Yeah. Decided to conk out. So It was nice. No, I'm uh, done school tomorrow. And awesome. uh, today was just one of my second last days and before I start my summer semester. Yeah. And uh, I was so happy to come down here. And then all of a sudden the bus breaks down. And I thank God to my friend who saved me and drove me all the way down here. And I'm here to, to be friend. for you guys. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and here so, she is. Yeah. So, and we're here friend, to thank talk you. about yeah. Gamer Week. I know, it's like, <laughs> it's Gaming Nostalgia Week here at Category 5 Technology TV, so it's, it's going to be awesome. I mean, I, I can't wait to talk about gaming from the 80s, and that's what we're going to be doing uh, right here on Category 5 tonight, so... <laughs> Looking uh, outside, there's not a lot of snow to ski in, but lots no. and lots of water. Yes. Are you water skiing yet? No, I can't water ski. You can't water ski? I can't water ski. Um, not the same thing. It's not, not the, same. the same. Thing, really. you, know, you have to have a lot more balance. Yeah? And really? I find, because I find I just topple over. Like I would have thought it'd be the other way around. And I think around. you need a lot more strength, to tell you the truth. Because no. I can't pull myself up. Every time I just go face first. You realize face the boat first. will do that, right? The pulling part, you just kind of <laughs> hold on tight and, and let it do its yeah, job. Yeah, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it doesn't work. It just goes right back and then right back. And then I just <laughs> give up. So I just might as well be like a tube. You, get to, you sit down and get to relax yeah. unless if your dad decides right. to do donuts yeah, or something. Yeah, dads some, tend to do that. Yeah. yeah. Crazy <laughs> showing off dads. I, I would have thought it would be the other way around. I, I'm not a skier at all uh, by any stretch. but I actually um, I decided to skateboard. A lot. Oh, yeah. That's and right. I remember you mentioned that yeah, last year. Yeah. It's if, if I don't hurt myself skiing, I hurt myself skateboarding. Yeah. So but that's, that's why I think <laughs> it would be easier to water ski in my head because I wouldn't be afraid of falling. So I'm I'd a, be I'm more willing to, to... I'm way, way more afraid of falling in the water. Really? Yes. <laughs> it's like a fear. Rocks. <laughs> rocky cliff edge. Trees. <laughs> I've fallen off a cliff water. before. It, it's... it's <laughs> I'm being serious. Which one is scarier to you? <laughs> really? I mean, I'm traveling really, really fast. I had two kids. Which one would I rather hit? I don't know. I had At the time when I fell off the cliff, yeah. I had two ki- little uh, students I was teaching, and their gloves... At the time that you... <laughs> hey, at kids, time, look at me. No, and I'm telling them to stop crying as I'm literally... <laughs> I'm, pe- I'm, I'm climbing up an ice wall because I went down to grab their mitt, and I fell down a cliff because off of the... You know, on the chair lift, yeah. you say, kids, please hold on to your stuff. Of course, the mitt goes flying off the chairlift, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm not going to return a kid without their, you know, clothing. So I go over to the, the cliff, and I just go, and sure. I 
I reach over, I reach over, and I go to grab the mitt, and I fell down the cliff. And after hitting trees, and then okay. you know, knowing where I was, um, I had, and then one of my skis fell down the cliff. Holy cow! So okay, the, <laughs> so let's back up a second. So I had one ski on my shoulder. I got two kids crying at the yeah. top. You're and halfway I'm, down a cliff. And I take my gloves, throw them in my pocket, yeah. and I got ice. And I'm digging with my ski boots and one hand, and I'm climbing up this cliff. Yeah. Okay, I get to the top. I like hug these children. They stop them from crying. <laughs> they're like, and, and I they're just, like, why are you crying? <laughs> and I, I wanted to cry because yeah. I thought I was going to go down this cliff and just over a minute, but. Do you mind if I just back up a second? Okay, let's, let's take the story and just say, okay, I'm teaching some kids to water ski, and one of them drops their mitt. It's floating over there in the water, so I pick it up, and I give it to them. But it, and yet you're more afraid of that. Yeah. If I fell in, it boat. might make a splash. Like, I just, I don't want to get, yeah, jaw is exactly right. Sharks in Ontario? I don't think that's her concern. Like a pike, they could. I'm just, a pike? I just, anything touches my foot, I'm gone. Like what? A zebra I, muscle? <laughs> oh, the zebra muscles are after me. They're traveling along the surface. No, it, it touches my foot, I'm gone. I'm swimming away. I'm just no. Like <laughs> I'd just rather just be in a fetal position in that in the middle right. of the lake. I still, I still disagree. <laughs> I still disagree. Hey, uh, what, what is coming up tonight? Well, tonight in the newsroom. Um, HTC is one smartphone. Um, HTC One smartphones have been using Nokia's ex- exclusive parts. Um, a new GMO version of E. coli can now be used to convert sugar into diesel fuel. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> A Bing search is five times more likely to serve up malware than the same search on Google. A UK designer has built a giant spider-like rideable robot just for fun. Oh, oh, nice. (laughs) So stick around for these stories coming up in the showroom later. Cool. Okay. Tonight we start off our gaming nostalgia week here at Category 5 for the next six days. You're just going to be thinking retro games and all of the wonderful things that you used to do on your Atari 2600. Head on over to our website, Category5.tv. And in lieu of Nostalgic Gaming Week here at Category 5, go anywhere on our website. Hit up, up, left, right, down, and enjoy. I love nostalgia. (laughs) Up, up, left, right, down. That's your top secret code at category5.tv. We'll probably leave that up for a few weeks just for your sheer enjoyment. It's always enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, our mobile website also is up m.cat5.tv if you've got a mobile device you want to uh, scan that code or just visit the website m.cat5.tv is the place to go and category5.tv is a member of the tech podcast network and if it's tech it's here and the international association of broadcasters of internet broadcasters all right well uh I want to give shouts out. I mean, we've got new viewers joining our website. Uh, we've actually moved our website over to a new server, which I'm very, very mm-hmm. excited about. Parts of our, we're kind of clouding our services here at Category 5, making it so that it's more accessible around the world. And uh, we've got a, a handful of new viewers uh, joining us on the website tonight. Alpec, one one man one D. Leon NSLM, hello to you, Blue Bandit. Dirty Polo and Noni's Cat 22. I like that name. Yeah, those are our new uh, registrants on the website. Well, welcome to everyone. It's nice to chat with everyone. We love to uh, have you register on our website. That signs you up for some cool uh, bonus features that are not available to unregistered viewers. And it's free. We don't spam you. We don't do any of that. We don't uh, share your your Mm. personal information with anybody. Uh, And uh, so, you know, go to our website, category5.tv, to get involved. Tonight we're going to be looking at uh, retro gaming, so start thinking about you know what what was your first gaming experience as far as uh, what kind of games that uh, I, I think the For best me way it's to the think the nineties with the Nintendo yeah. sixty four. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But 
what was <laughs> start thinking about this you don't need to answer me yet erica because uh, we'll talk about it after the break but what is the first game that you sat there and played for days think about that and then uh, PM us in the uh, in the chat room, private message us, yes, and uh, let us know uh, your thoughts on that. And we'll come back right after the break. Uh, we'll be right back. Thank you. At EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon-neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com The Defender sees lots of alien ships. The Defender Lots of radar blips. Every blip is a ship. Watch this, I got this guy. On a body snatching trip. And it's up to Defender to save them. Defender, a great Atari game. Have you played Defender? It's the newest of the smash hit home video games that just keep coming. Only from Atari. It's better than me. Have you played Atari today? Just remember, kids. Every blip is a ship. <laughs> Every blip is a ship. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. That takes me back. Okay, so we're, th- we're thinking about nostalgic retro gaming tonight. Uh, the question is, what was your very first game that you sat and, and, and played for days on end? Heather, you probably are, are, have an answer for this. You, you think about it too. Um, so chat room... All you have to do is private message us. Let us know. Jot says his first game was a breakout that came on an introduction cassette uh, with uh, a ZX Spectrum 16K classic. Uh, Later it was upgraded to 48K. Imagine that, eh? I mean, now we've got, you know, 16 gigs of RAM is is not unheard of. We're talking like 16... Kilobytes. Okay. Yeah, kilobytes. Yikes. Okay, we've got uh, some responses on Twitter. Uh, Rob Gore on Twitter says, that's a long time ago, but would probably be uh, the Atari 2600 and would either be Space Invaders or Galaga. VK7HSE on Twitter uses our hashtag Cat5TV and says Space Invaders on, again, the Atari 2600. Yeah. And his was the Woody model. Woody. Oh. How cool is that? I still remember. I mean, I, I'm a little older than you, so so like yeah. you say, your your gaming was you know come Nintendo around 64. the Nintendo 64. For me, it would have been uh, the Atari 2600, Christmas morning, mm-hmm. probably 1981 or 82, I suppose, somewhere around there. Because I mean, the Atari 2600 came out in 1977, if we can believe that. 1977. Wow. Yeah, give or take. And uh, it was kind of the flagship that started it all as far as, okay, now there's going to be this personal gaming uh, kind of uh, uh, this whole new thing. Yeah. I remember getting that Atari 2600 and gaming was brand new. Nobody had ever done it before. Video games were not ever done before. No. Can you imagine that? And... Like yeah, I can I can't imagine that as like a whole new experience. Like, well, I can with um, like video games like on the computer and stuff. Yeah. Like I remember when it was just we only had it for school, and then when I could buy right, video okay. games, the icon computers and all that, and maybe that I don't know if that's the same stuff that you used. But no, definitely not. Drumstick says new. that uh, he played biplane on a magnetron, uh, magnetronic pardon, pardon me, XT with 640k of RAM, uh, ran at about 4 megahertz or 8 megahertz with turbo on. Uh, do you know what an XT is? Do you remember those? I do not know that what an XT That was like the big old personal computer, like this. Like the, open it up and then all the parts, you know, like... I the, did not have one of those. Unbelievable. <laughs> CGA monitors and, you know, black screen with yellow text. And that's it. That's all you get. The graphics are basically ASCII characters moving around in yellow. EGA came out, you know, in in an era shortly after that, and suddenly you're you're ooh, sixteen colors, 
It How is, wonderful is that? Which is amazing. So Drumstick took a little bit of a different uh, pro, uh, mm. kind of approach. We're working with the personal computer, and that's something else that came along. Who else have we got? Uh, Dave Maydu, flight simulator on the uh, ZX81 with a wobbly 16 kilo, uh, kilobyte RAM pack. I was, uh, he says, I was seven back then in uh, 1981. Very cool. So again, uh, again with that unit. Uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, A. Jameson, 5579, says Zelda. Yes. And uh, the first RPG, Dragon Warrior. Do you remember Zelda, the cartoon that came out as a... Uh, following the uh, the the actual you know when the game was quite popular, I missed that. There was a cartoon. <laughs> there was the Mar- Mario Brothers. I can't believe I missed the that. The Adventures of Zelda. You yeah, know, I'm sure you could like YouTube it or something. Their most successful game that came out in the in Zelda, like which was Arcania of Time, uh, when once that came out, like that's not even. The it was the middle of the story. They released the middle before they mm. even, re- um, like yeah, they they released the middle of the story before they even released the beginning, and they just like kept Star on. Wars yeah, or like something. I got the uh, Zelda um, Castle book. It was uh, I picked up this year, and I got to read about all the characters. Got to read the storyline. Yeah, and you get to read they didn't even mention the cartoon that they produced it just w- went on about the games and um Orkenia of Time was my favorite Zelda game and it was just I, it it when i read the book it just baffled me that they go in the middle of their epic story and release <laughs> that first <laughs> and i just yeah it's, it was kind of intense like the legends of zelda the very yeah. very first nes and you think it's the very first one, but it's not. You're well, it's in the like middle of the story of this weird chapter. And when they keep on releasing, you know what? they probably these are like, here, here's the here's the climax of the story. Let's build the game, and then oh, this is so popular now. We got to build more to exactly. it. It's like a, exactly, like and a it's like, was plot. that like was that even their you know like intention at first? Like, who knows? You come out with like Windmaker and all these fun games that everyone's getting into Zelda later yeah. on, and it's not even a part of this whole line like it doesn't yeah. follow through think about mario being the character from donkey kong mm-hmm. right like that's his origin and that branched out into uh super mario bros yeah and then super mario brothers on the nes mario and luigi yeah and all that kind of stuff super mario one two three four and uh, and so it continues my kids play super mario galaxy nowadays on the wii totally different thing i look at it i don't get it and i try to i tell them you know when when i was a kid it was all side scroller (laughs) side scrollers so i didn't have Mm -hmm. to figure out how to avoid the plasmatic now you could actually be mario you could like you know you could like even with um in zelda we could um you could like even pull the bow yourself with the wii and you're involved in the game now which is kind of nice like Totally you know, if you, if you actually look at the books and, like, old games and you can look at, you know, where the story actually took place, it yeah. it kind of changes a little bit how you, how you played the game first. Mm-hmm. When I first played Zelda, it was awesome. That was my game. That's My dad introduced it to me as soon as I could play a video game. Perfect. And that's a game I played since grade 7. <laughs> she still plays it to this day. I'm noticing that a lot of people um, are 2600 fans, uh, Atari 2600. And oh. I think, so being that that was one of the first major systems, perhaps the mm-hmm. biggest uh, of the time, like when, when gaming was a new thing, uh, even no matter what age you were at that time, if you wanted a video game, that was the system that you ran out and bought. That was what you got for your kids. That was the system for everybody because it was the, the, the new thing. So what happened with Atari? I mean, they were huge. <laughs> Pardon me. They were huge, and then they vanished. Yeah. They made one really big, big, big fatal mistake, which was they thought they would always control and they would always be the ones creating the games for the Atari 2600 and for the subsequent systems. So imagine they've released this console, and they said, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to release this and make it affordable so that people can buy it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. average families can actually get one for their kids, and mm-hmm. people can buy this on, on their their income. And then, uh, and then, they thought that they would make their money on the games because they had all the programmers, they had the people who were creating the uh, the the 
games themselves. So it started out really, really strong. Games like Defender and all that, right? Mm-hmm. But then people realize, oh, I can make cartridges for this system. People being other programmers and people that could sell games. But they thought it's a bit of a gray area. Is it legal for me to create games for the Atari 2600 when I don't work for Atari? So a whole bunch of Atari staff who were fed up with the way that Atari was basically treating them, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that too, said, okay, well, we're, gonna, we're out of here. And they started up a company called Activision, uh, who you, you recognize the name even to this day. And they said, okay, well, we've had it. We're going to actually create games for this console. We're going to create the games, but we're going to do it under our own name, and we're not going to give a dime to to Atari. So, of course, here they come, and all of a sudden there's all these new games coming out. And so uh, Atari decided, okay, well, this is wrong, so we're going to sue them, and they lost because the courts judged that, no, they're allowed to to make games for this console. There's nothing to stop people from making games for this new console that was out. So all of a sudden, now it's perfectly legal. Everybody knows it's legal to do it. And you've got hundreds and hundreds of game developers who all of a sudden rise up and say, I want to get in on this action. Mm -hmm. So they start creating games, but they're not very good at it. So all of a sudden, the quality of Atari went from here when they were doing, they were the only ones doing the games, to literally done. just like, like you would have like, a, like 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 I said, a spaceship, and it would just be following something. That's the entire game. What's the object? What's the object of the game? Oh, you need to f- blimp, blimp. Need to blip that. I don't know. Follow so you've got blimp. you've got all these bargain bin <laughs> yeah. games now available for the console, and nobody wants to buy the actual Atari games because they're full price. Mm-hmm. So instead, get all these really really cheap games. So then, what started happening is Atari had to compete with that the bargain bin prices. So they started giving six week lead times for games to be able to be created, um, so that they didn't have to pay the developers as much uh, and and all that kind of stuff, so that they could then compete with this cheaper game for the Atari twenty six hundred which they created. There was nothing in place for them to control the games that were being made. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever saw or if you ever saw maybe you at home, did you ever see the Pac-Man? That came out for the Atari 2600. Was, just as a good example. Yeah, it wasn't even um, comparable to regular Pac-Man. It was oh, very not glitchy. comparable. Glitchy. It would just yes. glitch, 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 glitch all the way across the screen. Should we take a look? We should. Remember that. Okay, they're trying to compete with the bargain bin gaming. These up and rising companies that are building these really cheap, crummy games. And this is what they came up with. And this is what they came up with. Based on Pac-Man from the arcade. Okay, where's the ghost? Where's the ghost? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Oh, oh, oh. there he is. He's kind of he's he's scatterbrained. He's going. Whoa. Okay, there. Oh, I think there might be six of them. Whoa. No, no, ten. Oh, look out. I think there might be one over there. That would just annoy me. Isn't that driving nuts? I remember playing it. As a kid, and that's how bad it. That's how bad it got. I played Pac-Man 3D. <laughs> but it, get, it gets worse. Okay, there's a ghost there. We didn't even see it. But it gets worse. Yeah. The game, the you know, the the inability to create quality games continues, and you know, Spielberg comes out with this huge movie, um, that was uh, E.T. E.T. Yes. Right. You remember the movie? Everybody remembers the movie. Well. This is the first game that I ever bought was E.T. for the Atari 2600. I was so excited. This was my own money, and I decided I was going to actually go and buy Mm -hmm. this game. And it was E.T. based on the movie. It's going to be great. So Atari paid Spielberg, you know, $20 million or some crazy number like that to, to have the rights to be able to make this game. But by the time they got the rights, they had literally just weeks to... Mm-hmm. Not just program it, but also create the cartridges, print them, package them, and get them into the store shelves. Weeks. Weeks. That's not. That's not even close to. That's crazy. Time. I bought this game. I took it home, and I liter- I did play it and play it and play it, trying my best to figure out what on earth the object of this game was. We'll have Let's a quick see. look at this. Okay, so you remember this? 
Doesn't this take you back? How many of you played this by a, a show of hands? Anyone uh, play this? Okay, so there's I E.T. coming down from his spaceship. Look at that. There he is. I mean, graphics are one thing, but... Okay, what am I going to do? Oh, there's a, a dot over there, which is, in fact, a candy, uh, apparently. Well, it looks like an off shade of grass. You know? Yeah, something like that, and a couple of chevrons. <laughs> <laughs> So imagine the poor programmer who had to create this and had so much writing on it. But here's the thing. See, Atari bit themselves in the back end because what was it that the guys uh, had had come up against? And, and <coughs> the people from Activision said, you know, one of the things that really bother us about Atari is that they don't allow us to put our names in credits. Nobody knows who creates the games for Atari. There's no, there's no credits at the end of the game. There's no credits at the beginning of the game kind of thing. That was part of the kind of arrangement that Atari had with, it, with its programmers. So whoever's programming it is thinking, oh, nobody's going to know that it was me. Exactly. So they could just throw in little bugs here and there. And I don't know like, that they would intentionally throw in bugs, but with the time that they were given, this is what was yes. brought up. You know, this is what happened. So if you learned your way around the game, that was one thing, but it was so hard to comprehend what it was you as E.T. was what we were actually doing in this game. Looking for pieces of a phone so that you can phone home. No, no real storyline or plot to it realistically. So I mentioned Activision and, and mm -hmm. how they kind of branched out. This company was created from Atari uh, programmers. And I'll play a commercial from them from the early 80s and you'll see one of the things that they do is, um, and I, I hope that this commercial has it, but a lot of their commercials, the, they actually at the end of the commercial would name the programmer. So if it was Robbie Ferguson who created the game, all of a sudden they would say, this game was created by Robbie Ferguson. At the end, of, because they were not allowed to do that at Atari, and that's what they wanted to accomplish with, uh, with Activision, which is kind of an interesting thing. You know, it's all about n notability and and being a creator of some form of artwork. And so, of course, Activision started bringing out some really great games like Pitfall. So, mm. you know, third-party games coming out, they were selling a ton, yeah. but none of the money was going to Atari, the very manufacturers of the device itself. So let's take a look at this uh, this quick spot from Activision. We have no choice. He can't turn back. Liberate target at 039er. Under control. Approaching an airspeed. Way to go. Taking web canyon. Good call. Fuel critical, sir. Chopper's at 3 o'clock. Roger, I copy. I'm still. He's still at the red No, he'll decide that. Fuel critical, sir. He knows that. Sir, he's off for the east canyon. Negative. That's a trap. Liberate to home sweet home. It's getting Liberate. Can you make it? Liberate. Can you make it? It's only a game. River Raid for the Atari video computer system designed by Carol Shaw for Activision. There you go, see? Designed by Carol Shaw. See how they how they accomplish that, right? So uh, you you might have noticed too. Yeah. <laughs> one of the amazing things with the earlier uh, games and looking back on them, now we can see the graphics and we think, "Wow, that's really really cheesy." Unbelievably cheesy, but at the time I remember that it was really exciting. Mm -hmm. Like um, Defender was one of my first games, I think, that, that I really, really solidly got enjoyment out of and, and played for hours on end. That's the one that we saw at the very beginning of the segment. And uh, it's, it's cheesy by any standards that are even semi-modern. But at the time, even though it's just a little triangle flying around a screen shooting dots... It's fun. It, it was it definitely was fun. a fun game. And, it, uh, and it, it, at the time, you thought it was everything it was amazing dave Maydu saying spy hunter on the spectrum that takes me way back i think i could even hear the song still in my head that anyway <laughs> so speaking of games you know back in the in in those days the early 80s they would create these masterful uh, promotions that would just make them look like, wow, this is incredible, and I've got to run out and get this game. For example, Star Wars. Star Wars. It's great in the arcade. Whoa! The TIE fighters, fireballs, coming right out of here. Watch the laser towers. Aim for the tops. Begin the cutouts. Use the force. Coming too fast. Which way? Which way? My shields are gone. All right. I'm going in. Some game, huh? Some game! In 
a galaxy of video games, there is Unbelievable. only one. Star Wars. The Ar- so you look at that and you think, wow, this has got to be some game, right? Well, we actually, we are thrilled to actually have a ColecoVision <laughs> right here. Look at this classic thing. Oh, yeah. Heather, get some of that. And on ColecoVision was the, you know, the Star Wars game came out. Do you want to see what this actually looked like? Like, that was thrilling, right? Like, that was really, this really exciting from amazing. the commercial. Have you ever seen one of these? Yeah, this like, it's in the commercial. Like, it just feels like... In the commercial, it was, it was astoundingly... Amazing. I mean, there were... They did a great job. Around. For 1980 okay. commercial? Let's see, what Star awesome. War- Let's see what Star Wars actually looks like. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Parker Brothers presents... Oh, yeah. Select a Death Star. All right, we'll pick that one. Shoot, shoot. Do you remember these sounds? It's just constantly going, 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 and it gets stuck in your head. Oh, shoot the fireballs. Quickly, quickly, shoot the fireballs. Shoot. Ah. So, everything's pretty static on the screen. Remember the commercial that we just saw for this? It looked pretty epic. It looks like you're moving a lot. And yeah. Well, there are, some, there are some dots that are semi-coming toward me pretty amazing <laughs> that's awesome the 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 other thing that kind of happened i look at the ColecoVision, for example and uh, in television is another example and then you've got the whole home pc kind of the personal computers that were coming up uh, at the same time because things were you know there were tons and tons of games available and people were seeing that manufacturers were seeing that we need to get in on this ColecoVision comes out and it's you know got better uh, better control I guess uh, they they uh, had adding, really quite good games yeah like just with the you can, yeah, different the kind the, of um, remote yeah there you go these are quite similar to me to the Intellivision which I played at my uncle's house as a kid oh. these are very very similar to that and and ColecoVision is, was one of the you know great systems of 1982-1983 what made it so popular and it sold, you know, with it, in the first kind of year of, of it existing on the market, sold over 500,000 units. What made it so popular was this. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Donkey right? Kong. Because people were looking for that arcade feel. Because remember, up until these systems were coming out, Atari the only... Kinda, Atari kind of failed with bringing that arcade feel to the games, right? Well, no, they did have it to some degree, but people were kind of losing hope losing in, interest in some of the games, with, right? Yeah, with, with the quality, and Donkey Kong definitely brought So that along back. comes ColecoVision, and this is an actual licensed Nintendo product. You see that? So Nintendo licensed the character Donkey Kong and the game itself from the arcade to this cartridge. So people are looking for that arcade feel at home. Mm-hmm. This was the closest of all of the Donkey Kongs that were out there. This was the closest to the actual arcade game. Wow. And you just stick it into your ColecoVision. There you go. Give her a tap. Fire it up. This is classic. Let's see this. And here it is. The famous ColecoVision splash screen. The first splash screen ever. Okay, there's Mario, for one thing. Alright, we uh, go up the ladder there. Um, probably best we grab that hammer, because that's going to help us out. Okay, smash it! Smash it! Smash that. Okay, watch out for this one. Oh, okay, chase it. Nope, you can't chase it. It's too fast. It's moving too fast. We're going to get up to the top. We need to rescue the princess from Donkey Kong. My daughter, who is uh, seven years old, said to me, It doesn't make any sense. Donkey Kong isn't mean. <laughs> She's never seen any of these old games. There we go. Yes! So that's what, uh, that's what really allowed the ColecoVision to make its way to market and, and really become a, a famous device. Look at that. Pretty much mint here. Big thank you to our friend uh, Kevin Richards from Theobrahma Chocolates. Uh, you can find them cat5.tv slash yum. He has actually kept this in, in pristine shape. It still works. It's beautiful. Uh, we got tons of games. Somebody in the chat room was mentioning it. Smurf. 
Yes. How do you do like that? And for the time, the graphics were insanely awesome. <laughs> right? What else do we have that might bring back some memories? We've got uh, Mousetrap. M- Mouse time Pilot. <laughs> the old blackjack and poker. Super Action Baseball. You remember that one? Popeye. This one takes, back, uh, takes me back. Burger Time. Burger Time. What was yeah. the point of that game? He just kind of ran around just like every other ColecoVision <laughs> game. And he ran around. Things trying are to flying at you. <laughs> I, think you're, the, I, I believe the goal was like to I, catch all the parts for the burger or something. I do Can't like really the goal remember. of the ColecoVision games compared to games nowadays. He's going to go around benign, and eh? catch things. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're fine. Okay, check this out, folks. <laughs> Look at that. Closest thing to 3D of the day. Kevin was saying to me the interesting thing about Cubert was that after playing it for so long, all of a sudden the thing would invert, and you're not sure what's what because everything's in inside out, right? Really? Yeah, because it wasn't actually 3D. There was no 3D back then. Oh, that is very How cool. How cool is that? Lots of feedback in the chat room from people. Uh, I don't know if you can just find who is playing what games or remembering what games from back when they were kids um manic minor and jet set willy on the spectrum so jet set willy jet set willy i'm not sure about that one um i haven't seen too many dave made uh mentioning i did see some fly by but understand yeah. the chat room does zip by does pretty quickly there dave quick. made says most of the games when he was growing up through the home computing era, uh, the earlier days of, of personal computers, it was all on a cassette. And I remember my VIC-20, I actually mm-hmm. saved up and I bought a cassette deck for it because there were no hard drives. There was no such thing. There was no floppy drive at that time. There were cassettes, like audio cassettes. Nice thing about it, it was cheap media. I could go to any store and buy the audio cassettes and then I just push record on the cassette and tell it to output to the cassette and it would start playing the audio to the cassette. And then when you wanted to load the data back off of it, you'd play it back and it would interpret those sounds or however it actually worked. That is really weird. But it's magnetically stored on a cassette. Analog. How interesting. That's how it was done back then. So I would program in BASIC on a VIC-20 and export yeah. everything to cassette tapes. And what was cool about that is we had we all had boom boxes back then, right? With the dual cassette deck and the high speed dubbing. So my friends would come over and I've got I've sat down and I've programmed in Pac-Man, right, with my book and I've mm-hmm. flipped through the pages and I've programmed in Pac-Man. Page for page. I've figured out all the syntax errors and I got it working. So then my friends would bring over a cassette We'd pop in the friend's cassette, we'd pop in my cassette, push play on mine and record on theirs in high-speed dubbing, and you hear, and it's done. And now they take it home, and they've got a copy of Pac-Man from that is awesome. my boombox, right? <laughs> so Dave Maydew, I, I hear you there. Yeah. Hey, that's very smart. <laughs> very cool. That's uh, very cool. Okay, so big thing happened in 1983 the entire thing collapsed because we've talked a little bit about what happened with Atari and what Atari was doing at the time and the mistakes that they made and quite frankly the basically people lost their interest in personal gaming because everything was just so bad it was getting so bad you saw some of the you know like E.T. was made by Atari and that and there were so many games available that were third party and you never knew what you were going to get and it was just junk so people just said you know forget that people a lot of people started just going right toward the personal computer era but then okay so the whole kind of thing crashed and i mean really like businesses went out of business the ColecoVision disappeared in uh, 1985 i think it was 1985 1986 they sold about two million units in the course of you know existence Mm -hmm. but all these companies just dissolved because they couldn't they couldn't sell games anymore. Nobody would buy them. Nobody would buy consoles. So they vanished. And yes, I saw Jot saying that Atari was bought up at one point. Um, that happened after mm-hmm. they crashed. After they, dis- they basically failed completely because 
they they destroyed the market, or they were destroyed because of some of the bad decisions that they made, uh, or unfortunate decisions. Because it was a, I guess I wouldn't say bad decisions. It was a, they were babies, you know, like the first uh, pioneers. So they make mistakes, of course. But who learned from those mistakes? Every other console company. And making. who was the first to really exploit it was Nintendo, mm-hmm. right? The very ones that ColecoVision were paying royalties to, right? Ah. Uh, what did ColecoVision do? They paid Nintendo to buy Donkey Kong rights. Nintendo had this understanding that, okay, we can build a console that we do not have to make all the games. We can allow third parties to create games for it. But here's the kicker. This is what Atari didn't do. On Nintendo, every third party who is going to program gaming has to pay us a royalty in order to use that. Watch your mic there. It's kind of hanging up your ear. So if I want to make a game for Nintendo, I have, to, I have to actually pay Nintendo in order to do that. And I can't create any games for Nintendo unless I have this chip built into my game mm-hmm. cartridge, right? So fantastic. The Nintendo Entertainment Center uh, system arrives. And with that, in 1985, I believe it was, all of a sudden, you've got this solid gaming platform. You've got a company at the forefront that is doing what uh, what Atari was doing at the very beginning of the 2600, which was having absolute control over the games. You had really, really strong titles like Mario Brothers, right? All these really great games, and they were growing, you know? Duck Hunt and all the fun stuff that came with that. The very first, you know, and now you've got the, the ability to use a, a light, you know, shooting controller mm-hmm. uh, on your home TV, instead of having to go to an arcade. Back then, that was really, really cool. Tetris was another big one. Uh, so Nintendo put this abil- ability into their device that people had to actually pay in order to develop on it. So it led to stronger games, stronger uh, consumer confidence, and kind of rebirthed the entire uh, gaming industry at that point. Because it, up until then, up until the Nintendo Entertainment System, people had completely lost confidence in it. So... And now here we are today. You look at you know how far it's come. <laughs> oh, it's games are really crazy. Far. Like we could be CGI graphics, computer generated graphics for all you know. That's how real stuff is now. Mm-hmm. It's wild. I'm I'm looking at the new Lara Croft game and and thinking, wow, you know how awesome is that? That it looks so real, and the gameplay is just astounding. It's it's intense. Like it, you live inside of a movie basically. Yeah. And, like, I'm even noticing in our TVs, you know, like, um, my father just picked up a brand new TV, and I'm sitting there watching regular TV, you know, just compared to HD TV to now with um, 3D TV. Oh, yeah. It's Constantly Soon evolving. your games are just going to start coming at you. That'll be cool. That will be very cool. Mm-hmm. Instead of you going into your games, it's kind of bring that experience to the games coming to us. And they did that. Like, they did that great with the arcades and, you know, the 1980s. They bring the Atari to bring it right to home. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely grown from there. So what are your thoughts at home? You know, what, yeah. uh, what, what games, you know, if, if you're watching this after the fact, so you can let us know what games uh, take you back. And some people are mentioning in the chat room that, hey, you can actually play some of these old games. You know, that you're seeing here tonight. Yeah, you can. There are emulators. There are, uh, you know, you, you can install something on the PlayStation, I, I've heard, that allows you on the P- PS3 to be able to play some of these old uh, Atari games. And you really? see NES emulators all the time uh, come and go, um, mm-hmm. be it on Linux, Windows, um, on other platforms. I had a, a Nintendo Entertainment System uh, emulator full of games on a single disc for the PlayStation 2. And that's that's cool. So, uh, I even had at one point people are talking about these kinds of things, mm-hmm. emulators and things. Uh, I was walking through the mall one year, and they had what looked exactly like a Nintendo Entertainment System controller, but it had RCA cables coming out of it instead of a controller cable. So it's like, oh, that's cool. So oh, I, I look at the I've box. Seen those. Yeah. And you can it's plug just it right a controller. In, you plug it right into your TV. Exactly. You plug it right into the TV. And it has a power cord that goes into it as well. And it has, like, all of the Nintendo games built into it. It's probably highly illegal. I don't know if they're, like, 
I don't know if it's if it's legit or not, but it exists, and they're selling it in the mall here in Barrie. You know, sometime around <laughs> yeah. Christmas time, there's always a booth in the mall that sells this thing, and it, it literally yeah, gives you all those classic games. Here, yeah. So you want Mario one, two, three, and you know all that stuff, it's and it's all literally all built into this controller. Because now, like we said, you know, 16K was taking up this much space before mm-hmm. back in the 80s. Well, now 16K, what is that? Like, you don't even, it's, it's a measurement that is so minuscule that we don't even use it. We have cards that, you know, my SD card is 32 gigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A K? Yeah. How many K are in a gig? Like Too millions? Many. Billions? <laughs> trillions? It's crazy. Dave Maydew has seen, he said he's selling IPSX uh, emulator on Android. Oh, okay, so on your tablet or your phone, you can mm-hmm. be playing PlayStation uh, portable games. That kind oh, of thing. Oh, that's really cool. Nice. Well, what I like about with, like, even Wii, you could play um, all of... They have, like, uh, this GameCube game. You play your... You know, I like, I like it's very compatible. They, they do yeah, a very the, good the job. first Wii. All the GameCube games yeah. can be played on the Wii. Yes. And, which is even better, if anyone is a Zelda fan just like me... Um, you can get Zelda, or Can You Have Time, and Majora's Mask, GameCube game, and play that off the Wii. Yeah, I know. And right? I'll just be sitting there playing it now. I still play it. I it's got awesome. onto we use Kijiji here, which is a local classifieds and kind of mm-hmm. covers all of Canada. But uh, And I was looking through games, and somebody was selling off all their old GameCube games because they got rid of the GameCube. But you can We use- had just bought a Wii for... Netflix, mm-hmm. and so I picked up some of the games, and I got a good assortment of games for the kids for like five bucks, and they're all GameCube games. They work on the Wii. Got a couple controllers with it, and it was fantastic. So and it, it works even better. I love Mario Party. Mario Party was my favorite mm-hmm. on GameCube because you could keep you busy even longer than Monopoly. <laughs> Mario Party was the Monopoly best. never like, kept me. People, yeah. have, I don't know. Like maybe for me, I was a really young, really young. So I was like literally like six years old. You know, you know, beating up each other to use the controller, not using words. So and <laughs> <laughs> too lazy to use words. And uh, um, yeah, and like you're just playing Mario Party and you're going against each other. And that was my favorite game. Um, for the uh, GameCube, for sure, it kept us busy forever. <laughs> Things have come so far, so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am very good. Cool. All right, well, pop us an email live at category five with your uh, dot TV with your thoughts live at category five dot TV. You won't mind if I sit here and play uh, some ColecoVision while you're uh, while you're reading the news for us. I have no problem. Is that all right? Maybe just uh, some Donkey Kong. All right. <laughs> okay. Cool. So for Category 5.TV, here are the top stories in the newsroom. So Nokia has won a court injunction banning HTC from using microphone components in its flagship flagship ATC One smartphones. It will create more headsets for its ATC, which has struggled with component shortages um, at its Taiwan plants. Nokia said it has taken a part of the HTC One and has found a high amplitude audio capture technology um, that was the same of its own. That wouldn't be a big deal in itself, but here's the thing. The court found out that parts have been invented by Nokia and manufactured excessively for their phones. Um, the ruling made by the Amsterdam District Court um, is effective until March 2014 and will prevent SD Micro, which sells parts, from offering them to HTC for sale. Wow. H- That's surprising. Yeah, like it. HTC said it would be looking for alternatives immediately. I'll say. So the parts that are of the miking system on the HTC One are actually exclusive to Nokia. Yes. Wow. Um, a, a team of scientists from University of Exeter in UK say they have created a strain of bacteria that can produce fuel. Researchers... What? Yeah. Fuel? Fuel. They say that re- researchers genetically modified E. coli bacteria to convert sugar into an oil that is almost identical to conventional diesel. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the team claims that if the process could be uh, scaled up, this 
synthetic fuel could be viable alternative to the fossil fuel. Synthetic biologist Professor John Love said rather than making a replacement fuel um, be visible uh, like some bio biofuels we have made a substitute fossil fuel. The idea that is the car manufacturers, consumers, and fuel retailers wouldn't even notice the difference. It would just become another part of the fuel production chain. Here's the challenge that the team faces. It takes about 100 liters of the modified bacteria to produce a single teaspoon of fuel. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is not cost-effective, cost effective. it doesn't sound like. <laughs> Professor Love says their plan is to increase the yield so they can go into industrial production, obviously. Wowzers. <laughs> Great discovery, guys, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> we have these massive vats of E. coli. <laughs> Look at what it will do to sugar. We dump in millions of dollars of sugar. And out comes a teaspoon of diesel. <laughs> That's an amazing discovery. <laughs> it really I is. Think about it, it is, but financially, no. <laughs> you never know, eh? You never know. Surprise ending. Wow. <laughs> All right, what else have you got for us there? I got tons. All right. <laughs> when it comes to keeping web searches safe, Google may have Bing beat. A study by independent research firm AV Test found that Microsoft's Bing search engine is nearly five times as likely as Google to link to malware. An AV wow. Test based in Germany said it took 18 months to analyze search results from Google and Bing along with their other search engines. Out of 11 million links generated by search uh, by searches during the study, Google had 272, which led to malware. Bing, on the other hand, linked to 1,285 sites which contained malware with the same uh, queries. This this nearly fivefold increase over Google. Whether a link is in an email or in a search result page, it pays to remain uh, skeptical and wary of any suspicious links. And if your browser tells you a web page may be hosting malware, stay away, just in general. That's wild. I didn't realize that Bing was that much scarier than Google. No, it, it, is, it de definitely is great to know that because... You know, like you, you, you try to go from Bing to Google, or like, which mm. one should I go? This commercial. Do I Google it or do I Bing it? <laughs> no, it's Blimp. <laughs> but anyways. I just wonder if it's that. I, I don't think that Bing Microsoft is doing a bad job. I wonder if no. just that Google is doing a really good job exactly. of protecting against malware. Because I have noticed that, like, if a site suddenly becomes infected, it fairly quickly dis d dissolves from the search results on Google. Yeah. And it could it's be amazing. the amount of people using it. You know, maybe not. they don't have as many traffic. I'm not 100% sure with Bing. Because Bing is the little guys? I'm not sure. They could be the little guys. <laughs> but, not you know. too many people binging. No. Yeah. I, I know. I just only do it if it's like, if I get a new laptop, oh, Bing's my, uh, you know, homepage. I'll oh, change that. <laughs> <laughs> change it to Google. Done. <laughs> yeah. That's how it goes. And this is exciting. This is pretty Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, I want to be in that. That is not connects. Can people. I tell the news in that? Yeah, do. If I told the news, we're gonna in broadcast that. the show from inside this giant robot spider guy, <laughs> and we are just gonna report the news everywhere. So what's the story here? So a giant six-legged spider-like robot with hydraulic legs have been unveiled by a designer who spent um, four years creating it. Matt Denton from Hampshire, um, UK, estimates his very expensive toy has cost him hundreds and thousands of pounds. But he says <laughs> a mining company and a marine research organization are now interested in his design and he hopes to be used at science fairs. During this development, the machine has one outing at a music festival where Mr. Denton says it is well received. Um, it is an, it's an entertainment vehicle, he said, but I hope it will definitely inspire people. So it dances? 
We're dancing. That's awesome. <laughs> that looks so cool, though. <laughs> and you can get the full stories at Category 5 um, slash dot uh, tv slash newsroom and the category 5 tv newsroom is researched by roy w nash with con- uh, contributions by our community of viewers and if you have a news story you think is worthy of an on-air mention email newsroom at category 5 dot tv all right well tonight's show thank you erica is brought no to problem. you in part by net talk at cat five dot tv slash phone now they've got unlimited text messaging you can eliminate the need for wireless uh, a wireless text plan from your cell phone provider all you have to do is upgrade your net talk duo account with the net talk text plan and uh, for the cost of a couple cups of coffee per month which is literally nothing you're going to receive unlimited texting throughout the u.s and canada check out cat five dot tv slash phone and start saving today also, check out Netflix. You can get a free one-month trial at cat5.tv slash Netflix. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our website is down below there, category5.tv. If you're watching us on Miro Internet TV, welcome. Watching on blip.tv, hello. Ustream.tv, hey. Uh, we've got firstrun.tv viewers, hello to you. Justin.tv, hello. Hello. YouTube, nice to see you. If you're watching through our RSS feeds, great to have you here. And uh, how are you watching the show? Pop us an email live at category5.tv. Always astounded to hear uh, how people are checking out the show. Google Plus. Hey, nice to see ya. Nice. Dave Maydu makes an interesting comment about the spider robot. It says, only a UK person would build something that cool. <laughs> so... It- only come from the United Kingdom. Only a rich UK person would build something that cool. Yes. 400,000 pounds for something that's just, eh, just take it out at, on the weekends. You know. Let people see it and take pictures of it. You can always take pictures of it, just use it. and I don't know, like, I guess if they, if they like the design, you could do stuff like that. That's it. I could see military applications or um, just stuff like where it's hard to access. For example, you're training some kids how to ski, and one of them drops their gloves. <laughs> So you over a cliff, and so you use the spider bot. <laughs> Hold on, kids! And you get in, and you kind of go over to the edge, and it's it's slightly less dangerous. It's slightly less dangerous. Yeah. And you know, slightly less dangerous for my back, which is yeah. Awesome oh yeah. No, this thing has I'm got no, a padded seat you know, it teach with it cushions, to pick up like just like me. Garby's grandparents' yes. truck. I want to teach people. I want to. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna program this thing. I'm gonna send them a little email. Yeah. I'm gonna be like, I will learn how to help you program this to, te- to pick up adults and children. The spider? Yes. You're going to program it to pick up children? <laughs> well, <laughs> because it's getting really scary. The <laughs> poor kid is like, ah! Don't. This thing is coming to war. This Guys. Is, this is why you don't fall when you ski. The, the spider comes off the no, hill and picks you up. <laughs> okay, kids. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be your new instructor. This thing is coming towards you at who knows how fast, right? I mean, it's got six legs. It's moving pretty good. Yeah, it's got skis on each leg. It's climbing up the side of a cliff with your glove affixed to one of its skis. And this is this is what you this is how you teach children with horror. It works. You know what? I do it all the time. Like if if I could. You know, like I, I have five children who are skiing behind me, and I say, "See, okay. see that cliff over there? Don't fall down it." Right. And they all look at me. Everybody, just stay there. I'm gonna go get my, my spider robot. <laughs> In oh, case you boy. fall down it, I'll go get my spider robot. Yeah. And then I'll just all of a sudden, you know, just, it'll be fine. <laughs> I'm seriously gonna Coolest have nightmares just thinking about this. Coolest day skiing ever. Not for the kids. The poor kids. <laughs> you know, I should, yeah, I should definitely take some videos of me teaching kids this year. That'd be all right. I've got to see this now. <laughs> you gotta, I've no, got to see you this. Know, it works. Like, I had my, my younger sister with me, yeah. and I'd just be like, okay, so you see Melissa? Yeah, whoever gets to her first, 
I'm not going to tell her, but whoever at least tackles her or can just get to her in some way, and I'll get her skiing all yeah. over the place. So then that way they learn, and they're all, right. you know, that they're and all And to turning. motivate you, and to then, and, motivate and then, you, yeah. I'm going to be coming up from behind you in this. <laughs> just like that. Just like that. Go after my younger sister. It's okay. And then I'll just be up, like, behind them, like, you know, like, dur, 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's works. just like that. That's the sound that it makes. It sounds like Mr. Bean. <laughs> Mr. Bean. Must imagine Mr. Bean. <laughs> He'd That'd love be one of those. Awesome. Oh boy. Hey, next week uh, Sasha Dermatis is going to be joining us here on Category Five Technology TV. Don't miss the show. It's going to be a lot of fun as ever. Uh, visit LinuxTechShow.com this week. And we've got your viewer questions next week as well. Uh, send them in yes. to us live at category5.tv. Erica, so glad that you could make it. Yes, and I'm glad that I could make it. And um, I say thank you so much to my friends. And uh, I'm glad that I'm not that bus driver. He had to deal with oh, a lot yeah. of angry people. <laughs> and if you ever want me to teach you how to ski, let me know. <laughs> I think they're scared now. You know, become great skiers, just like myself. There you go. <laughs> All right, folks, have a great week. Take care, Erica. Yes, take care. <laughs> See you. <laughs> See ya. Hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.